And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast with Davey Rispin and uh, a very delicate Mickey Brennan after a trip to London on the weekend. Davey, um, I suppose one of the things that I've been saying for a while is that I never get both the cabin win and a mead win on the same weekend when you know, they booked the trend this week and both of them got their victories. Yeah, both were hard earned, I think it's fair to say, Mickey, weren't yeah. they? Um, one point wins for both and uh, I suppose... Incredibly, I think Mead and, and Claire was academic in the end, the way the other results went. But astonishingly, I think Mead and Claire are the only two teams entering the final round of games in Division 1, 2 and 3 that don't have anything to play for. So every other team in Division 1, 2 and 3 going into the final round of games this weekend uh, has something at stake one way or another, whereas Mead and Claire don't. But I think I think it was a good win. It, w- it was it was a lackluster sort of performance after what went before against Cork. But you know, any time you go down to Ennis and, and pick up the two points, Mickey, you'd have to say that's a, a pretty worthwhile um, exercise and trip. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you consider that, like you know, Clare have been on an upward trend this year. Okay, the last uh, they they got their two wins at the start of the league, but they've been competitive in most of their games um, and never looked like getting embroiled in relegation. Um, so that that victory for me, obviously, we, we'll come back to it in a couple of minutes, but it assures them of uh, Division Two football next year. I'm just looking at the table. Clare are on four points, and Cork and Offaly, um, do they play in the final round? They play each other, yes. Yeah. So down are already gone, yeah. and it's just it's essentially a straight shootout between Cork and Offaly to decide who goes with them. Yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting last weekend, um, as you said, like. It, very few teams that have nothing to play for in the last weekend, but Mead and Clare, I suppose, what Mead will be looking for is a performance prior to the championship. Yeah, like, and it's a great test, Mickey, because Derry are coming to Navan with uh, a decent uh, chance of promotion themselves, because I think Galway play Common, which uh, is is a 50-50 game, essentially, albeit Galway are promoted. I don't think Galway, if you ask them, did like to just open the door and let Roscommon come in with them to Division 1 because of their rivalry with them. So Derry will be coming to Navin, all guns blazing. Uh, Shane, Shane McGuigan, who missed out last weekend, will be back. So I suppose for me, the prior to championship kicking off in what is it, four weeks' time, Mickey, it's it's mm-hmm. an excellent test to get. And me, they're unbeaten now in, in four games, you know, six points from our last eight. So it's a great chance to build upon that and continue uh, some some real momentum. Yeah, the Galway-Roscommon game is an interesting one in that... Um, there's a great chance that they could meet each other in uh, the uh, Munster, uh, sorry, the, the Connacht Championship this year. So maybe Galway won't want to show them their full hand, uh, knowing that they're already promoted and that they're going to be playing in the Division Two final. And maybe there's a chance to get some, you know, game time into other players. But as you said, like it, it, it's what way did they approach this game, knowing that they're already qualified? It's going to be a tough one. I hope they approach it with with respect for Derry uh, because I think to be fair to Derry, it's important that Galway put out maybe close to their best team and and give it a real fist of it. Um, With that in mind, absolutely. I suppose they're looking at it and they're saying, okay, if we can beat Roscommon, the likelihood is we probably play Derry again. They did a job on Derry last weekend. So if you probably asked anyone from Galway who they'd like to play at this stage, They'd probably tell you Derry because of the win they put up against them last weekend. So fingers crossed. But I don't think it changed the scenario for me. Like Derry are going to be coming down and they have a job to do yeah. themselves. And that's to come down to Navin and win. And what happens elsewhere is out of their control. You can only just hope after that. So it should make for a fascinating last round um, in, in Navin and, and across the board. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we'll be hoping that we can, you know, I'm sure as well that um, uh, there'll be players that will be getting game time in that mead game against Derry as well. Um, that, you know, you know, Andy's going to be wanting to get a settled team and know what his team is going to be for the championship in a few weeks' time. Um, so while there's nothing on it riding for, there's nothing riding on it for mead, there's places up for grabs, Davy. Yeah, there is Mickey and like there's injuries kind of week to week now that we're seeing like we, we were missing obviously James McEntee, Colin Hickey, Porra Karnan uh, on Sunday and uh, the fellas that came in I'd have to say did themselves no harm at all. Conor McGill obviously coming back into the squad and, and mm. great to have him back. Gavin McGowan who's had to fight his time got a got a start and he did he did pretty well with it too you know albeit getting a black card midway through the game but um, so the competition for places is there because it is more of a settled squad to the one in which we had at the start. You'd like to see a little bit more, um, still a little bit more cohesion in our forward line. But one of the big pluses that you'd pull from the mead of now versus the mead that started the league is how defensively sound we are compared to where what we were at um, after round one and two. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Davey, do you know, we're going to come back to that meet game in uh, a little while, but what we're going to do is we're going to start off with some results from uh, the last week um, that involved our county teams. We will be doing our review of the All-County Football League over on our um, Patreon service, so get over there. We'll also be doing a full review of the Mead and Clare game. We've been interview with Andy uh, McEntee and we have an interview with Gavin McGowan and so you know head on over there get signed up and you'll get all those extra podcasts and um, you know the the predictions that we do on on the All-County Football Leagues as well they went pretty well for both of us this week but you're gonna have to head on over there to see who it was that takes the uh, plaudits for uh, round round one round one or round two round two yeah, still a little bit fuzzy, Davy. I'm still a little bit fuzzy. Good to see oh, you yeah. got the glasses off you yeah, anyway. That's the main thing. <laughs> well, come here. It was actually sunny in Royslip, it has to be said. So, um, you know, don't be taking the piss. It was a sunny day in Royslip, so it was. Um, and that's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, so on Thursday evening, uh, the Leinster Under-20 Hurling League uh, was taking place, and Mead were taking on Carlo. This game was played in Kiltail. It was Mead 117, Carlo 15 points, a really good victory there for the lads. Uh, then on Saturday in the Leinster Minor Football Championship Group 2, Mead had to travel over to Glennon Brothers Pierce Park in Longford to take on uh, the home side in Longford and lost out by a solitary point here, 111 to Longford, 110 to Mead, a disappointing result there for the minors. Then moving on to Sunday and uh, mixed fortunes for our two senior men's teams. Um, the Hurlers we're out in Park Tolchin, um, taking on Carlo in that do or die um, game. Whoever won was going to stay up. Unfortunately, Mead lost out by a solitary goal, one twenty one to Carlo's two twenty one. Davy Rispin and um, you know the heroics we've seen this team um, doing before at the end of the league and the end of the championship over the last couple of years. I suppose they just weren't able to do it again this this week and and stay in Division Two A. They will be dropping down to the next league for the uh, 2023 season. Yeah, bitterly disappointed, Mickey, but probably one of their best performances of the year, if not their best, um, in putting it up to Carlo. Like 12 months ago, Carlo came to to Navin and ran riot on Mead. Mead were ultra competitive, and unfortunately, it was a, a brace of goals from the centre-half forward, Chris Nolan, which was to Mead's undoing. That and 15 points from the corner forward, Martin Cavanagh. So 2.15 out of Carlos Talley at 2.21 coming from those uh, duo. But Mead, you know, fought until the end. I think Jack C. Regan, another nine or 10 points. He's been so prolific throughout the campaign. Jack Walsh, our soccer correspondent, coming off the bench, Mickey, and getting a goal from Mead. Great to see. Um, I, I look at it bitterly disappointing, yeah. particularly after the start you had against Kildare and Newbridge on the first day to, to end up getting relegated and that it is a big blow for the group. But it, it seemed to galvanise them last year and we can only hope that going into what will be a, an ultra-competitive Joe McDonough renewal this year, that they can take heart from that performance and try and string some consistency together because from game to game, we've talked about this week on week, you, you just don't know sort of what you're going to get from them. Yeah. Um, and, and they're so sort of unpredictable um, in that sense. And they need to get that because 
they're playing quality teams now, you know, week on week. There's not there's not an off week or a gap week or a, or a game that you should win and that you have to be honest. And if you're not, you're going to get punished. And we've seen in this league, unfortunately for me, when they haven't been on it, they've, they've got royally punished. Yeah, and, you know, like, it's 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 not all doom and gloom. You look at the under-20s getting the win over Carlo uh, last Thursday in that under-20 hurling league. And, you know, so there are positives there as well, you know, and, and, and the future is... It's going to be bright for the for the meat hurling team. Yeah, and there's a few fellas on that under twenty team who are actually part of the the senior squad as well, Mickey. You know, and obviously coming off the back of an under twenty um, All Ireland B uh, win last year, of course they got their medals presented to them in trim last Friday night, along with the the minor footballers, which is really nice. So there is a decent sort of. Um, you know, production line coming down the tracks. And it's just important that the fellas that are there could try and consolidate and keep Mead at the best level. And unfortunately, dropping down a division in the league, it, you know, you're starting a, a low ebb next year. But fingers crossed that the Joe McDonough can bring a, a little bit better joy for Nick and the lads. Yeah, absolutely. And on uh, Saturday, we had two more games. We're going to head over to the ladies. We're going to keep the Mead and Clare game to last. But um, the Camogues were taking on Cork and Park Tolchin on Saturday at 3pm and it was Cork who came away with the victory 212 to 7 points and the disappointing thing there um, Mead miss out on a league semi-final spot it's Cork who take the semi-final spot ahead of them Yeah, a depleted Mead um, as we talked about last week it was always going to be Brendan Skehan did mention it after the game but um, to be fair to Mead they were they were, they were impressive in, in spells throughout this game and were competitive trail by, I think, four or five points at the break. But Cork did pull away in the second half and won it quite comfortably in the end. Um, they've been a, a sort of bogey team for this meek bogey team over the last while. But uh, great to see the likes of Ethan Maguire back. She started at centre-half forward for me. Of course, um, there was a nice picture of her of herself and her newborn after the game too. Um, but look, at they, they just need to regroup and try and get themselves right. It's been a bit of a mixed bag in the league for me, you know, a little bit up and down. They had the couple of nice wins. Then they had the uh, nice wins against, I think it was Derry and Kildare, then heavy defeat in Wexford. And now, obviously, the defeat against Cork has put paid to their chances of uh, reaching the knockout stages and, and getting promotion up. But I do think... Brendan will be putting a much stronger onus uh, and emphasis on the championship for them because that is the big thing getting out of the intermediate ranks and if if they can get their best team on the field which has been the issue really and and you know missing the likes of Megan Tyne as well at the weekend Mickey didn't help um they can only they can only improve for it yeah it's funny that was that came up in a discussion over the weekend in London would you believe um People were asking, like, how how is that happening again? And uh, and some people were saying how the Camogie Association they always play on a Saturday, and the ladies' football is always on a Sunday. And uh, again, the same happened again this year that the ladies' football has been switched from a Sunday to a Saturday. We have uh, two games going on at the same time between the Camogie and the football, and Megan Tyne has to make a decision. It's uh, very very unfair, but it's. It, I, I I think it's terrible, so I do I really do. And and you know, Megan Tyne is a fantastic camogie player. She's a fantastic footballer. She shouldn't be made decide between her two codes, like which she's gonna play. Um yeah, it's 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 very unfair, I I think. And you know, she would have made a huge difference. I know they were down numbers okay um uh, on Saturday, but you know, uh, maybe maybe players are looking at it going well. Sure, we, we're going to be down Megan Thine and we're going to be down somebody else. So, yeah, look, I I, I just think it's um it, it it's horrendous the way that this keeps happening, Davy. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a hunt like, and it's um it's poor Megan that needs to be uh kind of highlighted as as the prime example of this. You know, it's the second year as you said that it's happened to the same individual, not just the same episode it's the same you know person in question uh 12 months on and it it doesn't really make make any sense um and it's just as a result of the two organizations maybe just not sitting down and talking to each other and just trying to trying to avoid this why couldn't one game be on the saturday and one on the, on the sunday as you say like it, it it hasn't been a problem all year but yeah when we come to semi-final stages or last round of the group it, it turns into a, a fiasco so Look, it's it's it, it's a bit of a joke at this stage. Yeah, and a, a game on a Saturday and a game on a Sunday is not ideal either. But no, but she do it. She, you know, exactly. the type of her. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the whole thing, and and, and and at least give her the opportunity. But look, 
we're not going to be able to change it, but we just want to highlight it. Speaking of the Mead Ladies, they were playing on Saturday as well, as we said, in Clonus. In the Division 1 League semi-final against uh, Mayo, Davy Rispin, um, they've, gone, they've just gone and done it again. Mead 2-12, Mayo one goal and nine. An absolutely brilliant second half from Mead. I think they scored 2-5 without reply or something early in that second half to um in the first opening 10 minutes of that second half to seize control of the game and, and, and go on and win it um it's just a remarkable story it's it's and, and it still keeps going the story yeah it's astonishing to be honest with you mickey trailing seven points to four but with the breeze at their backs in the second half and as you mentioned at, at two five blitz in the first 10 minutes of the second half uh incredibly turned it around and made it two nine to seven uh, before credit to Mayo, they got a goal of their own and a point through Sinead and Lisa Cafferkey. But um, the damage was done in that time for Mead, inspired by a barnstorm and display in the middle of the field by Orla Lally. She hit 1 2 on the day, it was tremendous. She's been probably Mead's most consistent performer in this league campaign so far. I'd have to say she's been brilliant in the middle of the park. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really impressive. Kelsey Nesbitt, who came in, came back in against Dublin, kept her position, was a late addition to the starting 15, got a great goal as well. And, um, you know, the, the the forward line of Grimes, uh, Emma Duggan, Vicky Wall, and, and then Emma White off the bench contributed nice points as well. And um, pitted with the shock win for Donegal over Dublin, it just... Not that it opens it up because you'd have fancied your chances anyway against Dublin, but it just makes like me. They're going to go into the final as favourites now, all of a sudden, <laughs> and uh, it, the, the pressure is going to be on them, of course. But that's something that they're going to become accustomed to as as the years go on, because they're, they're the team to be toppled. Like I know Dublin defeated them a couple of weeks ago, but realistically, me, they're the form team still, and they're the team that that are in the ascendancy. And what a chance it is to claim a hat trick of league titles um, in as many years. Yeah, 2006 since we last uh, were in a Division 1 decider. The last five competitions they've entered have all been different competitions. And yeah. they've <laughs> made it to the final of all of them. You know, like, it's just remarkable. Um, yeah, there, there, There's no overlap there. There isn't a competition that they won twice. It was Division 3, Division 2, Division 1, Intermediate, Senior, or Intermediate, Senior, and now the Division 1 final. And to get to the final of them... Um, in succession is it really is phenomenal again another talking point from the weekend and people saying how um you know it really is one of the stories of of the last few years um the rise and rise of mead ladies footballers absolutely incredible six point win over uh, mayo in that semi-final sets up that as you said already that Mount Watering final against Donegal. It'll be the green and gold against the green and gold um, on the 10th of April at 4pm in uh, headquarters, Crow Park. It's it's just phenomenal. That's, it's it's, a, it's incredible, Mickey. Um, I suppose just listening to, to what you were calling out about five different competitions, there is that bit of freshness about it. And I suppose there's an incentive for me because the competition and the teams you're playing is new nearly every year. To maybe go on and, and challenge yourself that way. Um, obviously the gauntlet that's going to be laid down to them later on in the summer is to try and go and retain their All Ireland crown. But my word, if they're to pick up a league title in between that, it, it wouldn't be a bad preparation for that. Their consistent level of performance as well. You'd have to say up until this point, they've done it fairly straightforward. They okay, you know, Mayo produced a decent first half against them, but they never panic they knew they had the the reserves and where would all to come back and win and they did it comfortably in the end six point victors as you say mighty impressive performance yeah yeah and we wish uh the girls the very best luck as we said in that final against Donegal um would they have played I, I don't remember them playing Donegal recently Davey no I, I don't either to be honest no no I, I, I'm sure they've probably met them in challenge matches maybe uh at the back end of last year the year before possibly but not competitively no not competitively in, in a while. And look, um, it's going to be no walkover against Donegal. They've got some fabulous, fabulous footballers. I know I've watched them against Cavan a number of times in the last few years for the radio. And uh, they do have uh, the two Macklins or Mackins. Um, yes. And, or, are, are they, are they, the Mackins are Armagh. No, the are They've got two sisters as well. Again, fuzzy head. Can't remember the names, but <laughs> I'll, have it. I'll have it for next week's podcast. We might do it. 
uh, preview of that game. But uh, yeah, look, wishing them the very best luck. Moving on now to the main event from the weekend. Well, the main event for the men on the weekend was Meath against Clare down in Ennis, Ennis in round six of the Allianz Football League Division 2. Chance to secure our status as a Division 2 team for uh, the 2023 season. Um, just takes out all those situations of playing in the Taunton Cup and all that and whatever. But also a chance for me to go for win four um, games on the trot without defeat, uh, four unbeaten in a row, and they they did it, Davy. Like a hard fought um, victory in the end, but Mead came away with that single point uh, victory. Ten points to Mead, nine points to Clare, and all the pressure is off now. Yeah, exactly, Mickey. And it's it's been a quite impressive turnaround in fortunes, you'd have to say, over the last number of weeks, really, from Mead. Despite the fact they still haven't hit anywhere close to what we know is their top gear, they're showing great resolve, character, wherewithal to come back and, and to grind these wins and draws out. Like, you, you look at the, the two draws against Down and Offaly now, and you kind of look at how important those points were. Um, the performance against Cork was much improved. But going down to Ennis against the Clare side who were in the same position as me prior to kickoff. Um, you know, it was it was a good win. Uh, probably a draw might have been another fair result, but you know, Mead showed more ambition at the at the death to go and grab the win. You know, the goalkeeper for Clare came out, lost possession to Ronan Jones. He slipped the ball in. Mead worked it nicely. And there was James Conlon, a man who we've rarely seen. He started the first game in Galway. Uh, was taken off his confidence would have taken a big hit after that. I was really, really pleased for him to come on and kick the win and score, Mickey. Um, and and me did it well then in the end. Um, you just have to say that 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 Clare were ultra defensive and despite the fact Mead hit the first three points of the game and it took Clare 20 minutes to score, um, they did come back into it well the home side as they had to. And I thought Mead defensively were most impressive. Um Probably still the cohesion that we want in the forward line just isn't there. There's there's moments and there's little spells where you can see it being put together, but it's just not fully clicking yet. But all the time, once you're picking up points and the fellas are bailing you out at the other end of the field, sure, you know you, you can't really ask for much more. Uh, great to see Conor McGill back in the starting lineup. Gavin McGowan as well from Rathout. He started the game and um, was lined out at centre back. Um, but where did he actually play? Yeah, it was it was a strange one. I, I Gavin McGowan almost swept in front of the full back line. So Connor McGill went to the full, uh, sorry, went to full back, and Gavin McGowan almost swept in, in front of him. Owen Harkin was out in the half back line, almost playing as a six. He was really, really good again. Uh, Owen Harkin, Mickey, he's been one of the finds of the league, and yeah. I have to say, Jordy Muldoon consistently has been performing well, and he's got that number two jersey for keeps now. Um, Harry Hogan made a big save, you know, in the first half when Clare. Opened us up a couple of times. Connor McGill did look a, a small bit rusty. He was caught out courtesy of a brilliant ball and a fine bit of movement inside. Um, but it was Emmett McMahon who was denied from point blank range from Harry Hogan. And that was a huge stop just at that stage of the game. And and Mead, Mead again against the breeze in the first half. Uh, contrary to what I've, I've heard, there was definitely a strong enough breeze in, in the first half. Mead played against it. And uh, I think wasn't at level pegging at the halftime interval. Mm -hmm. That was good going. Okay, me, the Ken didn't really push on to what you'd have liked in the second half, but they grinded it out in the end, Mickey. Yeah, um, and we will be doing, as we said, a full review over on our Loyal Royals podcast with um, uh, interviews with Andy McEntee and the man from Rathout, um, Gavin McGowan. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. We're going to move on now, Davy Rispin, and uh, just before we go on to our GA predictions and uh, the tables from the weekend, just want to give our sponsor, PR Coin and Sons, a quick mention. They're doing an open day. We did an interview with Kevin Coyne last week 
for any GA club out there that is thinking about going for the autumn more, um, they're, they're, you'll get all a lot of the information that you need from the podcast. It's really well worth listening to. It's over on our Patreon service and it's on our SoundCloud service as well. So it's out there for anybody to listen to. But they are having an open day on the 25th and the 26th of March, Friday and Saturday, the 25th and 26th of March. Um, there's going to be discounts across the store um, on uh, most items and whatever. There's uh, going to be goodie bags, there's going to be a coffee truck outside and there's going to be a bit of a um, festival atmosphere over there at the shop at the unit over in Clonard. But they're also going to be doing a €1,000 giveaway as well. So there's a chance for anybody who goes over and puts their name into the hat um, to, uh, to to win that €1,000 um, voucher for uh, PR Coin and Sons. It's well worth it as well. But any GA clubs, honestly, any soccer clubs, any any... Uh, sports arenas out there that have grass that needs to be cut um, and you are looking at new ideas and whatever for cutting your fields uh, have a listen to our podcast um, with Kevin Coyne or call over to Kevin Coyne um, from PR Coyne and Sons in Clonard to get the information about the Automore. it really is going to revolutionise um, the cutting of your sports fields Davey um, it's time now to go to gapredictions.ie. Yeah, for the interesting week of uh, gapredictions.ie, Mickey. Um, was there was there any controversy this week? Was there any were, were the Russians involved again this week, or uh, was PS tapes trying to uh, pull the wool over your eyes again? No, no, I don't think so. I think it, it was a genuine sort of week from PS tapes. I think he was lucky to possibly survive a vote of no confidence from the We Are Me, the public, yeah. um, last week. So he, he was lucky to to hold his points from uh, from round five. So I think he, he kept a pretty low profile in the week, Mickey. And uh, he, he didn't set the world alight with his predictions either, but we'll come to really? that in a minute. Yeah. Um, we will start with Eddie Coldrick, who, who seems to be... Oh, sorry, Eddie Coldrick and Thomas McLeod, who did miss a week, admittedly, each, but they're at the bottom with 67 and 71, respectively. Um, Kira Lawler is then on 81. 83 is Robert Perfield. Shane Mangan is on 87, having missed two weeks. So that's pretty good goal from Shane Mangan, to be fair, having missed two weeks. Yeah, uh, he'd be right up there, you'd think, if he if he didn't miss them. Tom O'Connor, as well, after missing in two weeks is uh, on 90 Mags Joyce is on 104 Zach Griffin 105 Alan Browns 106 Susan Farrell um, recently crowned PRO of the year from 2020 I think uh, she's there with 113 Joanne Burns 116 117 for Sean Hughes Kenny Morgan and Tommy Owens are both on 119. Then we jump up to 125 with Porrick Boylan Henry Clifford's 126 Garrett Lynch 128 Shamie Gallagher's 130. There's me slowly but surely rising, Mickey, 131. Ooh, 131. Uh, I haven't yeah. heard my own name yet, so that no, obviously means that, that I'm ahead of you. <laughs> that's a good sign for you. Davy Burns <laughs> on 132. Peter Duffy, I'm going to catch Peter Duffy, Mickey. He's on 133 uh, with a week to go. Pora Coyle's also on 133. Darren McGill, 135. 136 is shared by a host of uh, people, including Nicholas Finley, Richie Quigley, and Colin Crosby. Gary Odler's on 137. Mickey Brennan joining Leo Weldon on 138. Mm. So um, it's still all to play for, but we're going to slowly but surely bring in PS Tapes into the conversation because Barry McDonnell and PS Tapes are on 140, Mickey. So there's two oh. points separating yourselves and PS Tapes. Okay. I'm... I'm nine points adrift from PS Tapes, seven from you. So it's it's still there for, for everyone, really, entered the final week, which is what we wanted. Um, sorry, that's 140. Alan Tormey's on 141. Shane McNiff uh, then is on 142. Fergal Lynch, 143. 145 for Gary Coyne and Damien Farley. 146 for Shane Mulvaney. Cormac Matamo's 147. That 147, by the way, is so impressive because he missed the first week of predictions, Cormac Matamo. Um, wow. Like, had he had he done that and done anyway well, he'd, he'd be top. There's no doubt about it. Colin O'Brien is also on 147. 148 is shared between Aideen Smith so, and Dunica Lynch. Yeah. How many, how many points did Colin O'Brien get this week? 36. 36. Okay, so I only clawed back one point from him this week. Okay, next week is going to have to be a big one. 
draws all around. Yeah. <laughs> Not again, says you. Uh, Mike Chambers is on one five one with Mark McCoy. Yeah. Uh, Porrick Carlin's on one five four. We're in the top five here. Jamie Coslo one five nine. Barry Hand one sixty. He's off the top. He's in third. Eddie Holton moves on to one six five. And top of the tree is St. Mary's clubman, Nicky Gogan, 168. He is a three-point lead over the Kildare man, Eddie Holton, going into the final week of action. A big week from both of those this week, propelling themselves into the top three. So it's all to play for. Yeah, what's, what scores did they get this week? It must have been pretty high. for. Yeah, Nicky Gogan was 33. He's been consistently, though. So from round four, he got 36. Round five, 32. Round six, 33. So he's been in the mid-30s kind of throughout the last three or four weeks. Uh, Eddie Holton, likewise, 38, 32 and 36 in the last three weeks. So, oh, so Mr. A, Hand Mr. Hand must have had a bad week this week. Only 20 points this week. Yeah. 20 points this week. Mm. Yeah, that's where it let him down. But uh, yeah, it's been... Uh, been fascinating we've got one week left i'm looking at it there davies on 131 i'm on 138 paddy stapleton is on 140 very close between the three of us colin o'brien is on 147 i don't think he does his own predictions i get i think he gets someone to do them for him so he does um but he uses his name but um yeah we're, we're it's all to play for davy i've i've stapleton and i have colin in my sights and i'm hoping that on the final day i could just pip them to the post Mm, I take I take Pip and Duffy to be honest with you. If I get to you and, and PS tapes, it's a bonus. But I think I can't. I said it at the start. I can't finish below Peter Duffy. That would be an all time low in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, finishing below Colin O'Brien, you'd never hear the end of that one either. So you wouldn't. But um, well, I wouldn't. I know that much for sure. But uh, yeah, last week I had a three euro to play. As we said, there's a weekly prize of two hundred euro. Um, there's 200 euro prize money every week to to try and win um, for your three euros great bang for your buck the we are mead league obviously is um uh, that we'll be taking the score into account for the whole year um to see who will win that trevor giles retro jersey but uh, yeah anybody else who wants to get in on the final day can do so and be uh, in with a chance of winning the 200 euro prize money so yeah, um, it's been a success, Davey, this year again. Yeah, huge success. Um, and thanks to everyone from We Are Mead for supporting it, particularly in the first week, because you can play for obviously the seven rounds. So um, anybody who's done it weekly, again, appreciate the support. And as you say, Mickey, 200 quid prize money to be shared for the final week. So gapredictions.com to get your picks in before, I think, Saturday evening. I think the first game's at half seven or seven o'clock, possibly. Well, I think the first game could be at six o'clock on Saturday. Six o'clock, Cal- okay. Cavan right. playing Waterford on uh, Saturday evening at six o'clock in Kingsman Revenue. So, um, yeah, that game was moved from Sunday. So, um, just for everybody out there, so that Davy, Davy is trying to um, pull the wool over your eyes there and make his make a mistake. And can we can we put the director's cut out to PS Tapes, Colin O'Brien, Paddy Stapleton, <laughs> or he is PS Tapes. He it depends which week he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on it depends on which server he's uh, using um, for his predictions. But yeah, um, we'll move on now to Jimmy. Um, I suppose we can't go past the Meet GA um, Club Awards for 2020 and 21. Um, obviously, with the pandemic and everything, the last couple of years we haven't had to, a chance to have these uh, this uh, these awards given out and whatever. So. The county board have done two years, 2020 and 2021, all in one go. And you have them there in front of you. Yeah. So I suppose starting at the top of the show uh, is Footballer of the Year. And for 2020, that goes to Brian Menton of uh, Dunham Ashburn with Keen Ward picking up the uh, award in 2021 uh, for his incredible performances for the Wolf Tones in securing their second ever Keegan Cup win. Uh, the Young Footballer of the Year for 2020 went to the uh, Mead Minor captain who was Owen Frayne of Summerhill with um, with Liam Kelly uh, picking up the award then in 2021, of course, captain in the Mead Minor team to the All-Ireland Crown. So an, an amazing uh, feat for those two fellas. Alan Douglas, the 2020 Hurler of the Year. I don't think there'll be too many people uh, surprised with that and James Kelly of Kiltail getting the 2021 award 
Um, he was brilliant for both club and county throughout the year. Justin Coyne from Colline uh, was the 2020 recipient of the Young Hurler of the Year with James Murray, the jewel star from Trim, getting it in 2021. Balnabracki, unsurprisingly, Mickey, uh, named Club of the Year for 2020, uh, while Trim, it, probably even more unsurprisingly, uh, <laughs> were the 2021 winners. I just wonder how they're going to share that award, Mickey. Will, will they take turns or surely they'll come up with two different awards to give to them because... Uh, it's just interesting that they picked the two of them as uh, joint winners, you know, for the two years. But we'll, we shall see in that. Awards night could be interesting, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the 2020 Grounds of the Year go to Drumcondrat and uh, 2021 go to Blackall Gales. That's the Kilcloon pitch in Blackall Gales, um, which is a fine, fine pitch. So credit to both for that. The PROs of the Year, um, going to two favourites of the podcast, Mickey, with Susan Farrell of Ballon Lock collecting 2020 and 2021 one then going to Waterstown and that is to Ruth Chambers of course so uh, two brilliant ladies who do tremendous work morning noon and night across social media within those clubs so full credit to those it's a it's a really unenviable task and thank this job most of the time but nice to get a little bit of cre- uh, credit for their efforts and endeavours and um, the referee referee of the year sorry in 2020 was uh, Henry Clifford of Beliver and for 2021 was Patrick Coyle from Curraha of course Patrick Coyle uh, refereed the senior final last year Mm-hmm. Henry Clifford's gone from strength to strength over the last number of years. Uh, the most improved referee was Derek Ryan, uh, Father Derek Ryan, depending on, on which way you look at it. Uh, from Nafina, we of course interviewed him recently. And our good friend Kieran Flynn of Dunsany and Kilmesson was the winner of the award in 2021. So full credit to the pair of lads there who are doing an absolutely unbelievable job. Four referees now, Mickey, on the Leinster GA referees panel, which is incredible. Um, and there's also two spots to be filled in the Hall of Fame those have yet to be decided but they will be um, picked in advance of the awards night which is coming up in a couple of weeks time yeah absolutely uh, brilliant there and um, great that they're going to be able to have this awards night in a few weeks time and it'll be a great celebration um, for everybody involved so well done to everybody who won their awards there and of course to Kieran Flynn a big shout out to Kieran Flynn um, good friend of the pod and uh his award of referee of the year for 2021 brilliant stuff and um, we're going to move on now Davey Rispin to the Lottos yeah and uh, the I suppose the double bank Holland that did catch a few PROs out and possibly maybe there wasn't Lottos taking place in some of the clubs throughout the week but we have got a few uh, the first one comes from Dunchocklin and Royal Gales from last Monday night 9, 13, 14 and 15 were the numbers drawn. Surprisingly, uh, no jackpot winner. Four match three winners who collect 50 or each. Joey Mack, Katrina Glorgan, Frank Moyles and Shona Mangan. The next draw takes place tonight, Monday at half eight, live on Facebook. 13,000 of jackpot, 13 of a reserve and a second reserve of seven grand with 200 euro going into that every week. Play that one on Club Force. Curaha, 6,900 uh, steadily growing week on week and uh, they had no jackpot winner last time round. They had a few match three winners. Uh, David Wyatt actually won two match three, so he's either very unlucky or he put the same numbers in twice. Uh, May Woods collected 25 as well and Ray Toner, the numbers drawn were 8, 15, 19 and 25. You can play that one on curahagacom forward slash draws. Manalvi. No jackpot winner last week. 6, 10, 20 and 28 with the numbers. 320 euro winners were Pat Kelly, Marie Buckley and Chris O'Malley. The next draw takes place tonight, Monday. Jackpot of 1,100 euro and you can play it on manalvgfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Screen. Uh, 8,600 euro jackpot was not won last week. Uh, this comes from the 13th of March, and the numbers drawn were 10, 12, 15, and 22. Lucky dip winners were Aaron Jordan, Deirdre McAleer, Michael Luby, and Jared Clark. Uh, Castletown are next in. 1,700 euro jackpot was not won on the 15th of March. The numbers were 6, 11, 19, and 24. Lucky dip winners were Kathleen Hoy, Emma Duffy, Olivia Price, Jimmy Mulligan, and Sarah McMahon. Minolte, next in, and their jackpot, despite the fact it was only one a matter of weeks ago, was back up at 13,000 already with the reserve kicking in nicely. And uh, the draw takes place on uh, Sundays at 9 p.m. sharp. The... 
day of the draw, you have to get them in by eight o'clock. So eight o'clock on a Sunday evening for anyone looking to play. They have special prize of 50 euro for online entries only, and you can play that one on Club Force. And the final one on my list, Mickey, is my own court on GFC. A uh, lot of results from the 18th of March, 8,400 euro jackpot, not one. Uh, the numbers, uh, numbers drawn, sorry, were 9, 17, 25, and 32. Five 20 euro winners were Noel Linsky, Martina McHugh, Frank Kenny, Katie Walsh, and Sila Battersby. Um, the Clare Retro jersey goes to Ivor O'Halloran. And we continue with 8,500 euro this Friday night. And you can play it at courtengacom forward slash lotto. Very good. Well, I have the usual two in from Centrestown and Simonstown. Centrestown's lotto was not won last week. It is 10,000 euro uh, ongoing. And you can do that on the Smart Lotto app or just go to any of the social media pages to find the link there. And also from Simonstown, jackpot not won last week was 1,400. The lucky dips were Thomas Staines, Tony Gagan and Connor Staines. Um, the numbers drawn were 12, 22, 29, 31. And next week's lotto on the 25th, Friday the 25th, is €1,450. That's all we got from Jelly this week. Um, He must have had a rough few days, or else he is massively busy in his new um, J.O.D. um, massage parlour. He is, Mickey, because uh, he has got in touch with us to give us the date of the official opening, and he is opening officially on and starting to take bookings from tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday the 22nd from 3pm onwards. Um, but officially open on the 29th and 30th of March um, and every Tuesday and Tuesday and Wednesday for the month of April. Um, he has his price list up there so you can get a 30 minute massage, a 45 minute massage. You can get a cup and therapy for 45 minutes. So um, from tomorrow, the 22nd, get in touch with Jelly. It's G-O-D Sports Massage Therapy on Instagram, or you can get in touch with the man himself directly, I'm sure, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. So best of luck to Jelly with the new venture. Davey, we're going to move on now to our Instagram section. And uh, have the people been in contact with you much this week? Yeah, good, good contribution. Um, the usual contribution from the soccer correspondent, Jack Walsh. We thought with the goal he got against Carlo, maybe he'd have an off week. But uh, true to form, he says, Bo's dropping two huge points away to the students. Uh, of course, UCD getting a point off Bo's on Friday night, Mickey. Yeah, um, it's wide open this year. So it is the FAI um, Division 1, Premier Division, whatever it's called, Champions <laughs> Cup, whatever. I don't know. But it is very yeah. tight. He's also said that lucky to be working uh, created 300 jobs in Cork on Tuesday night. Um, I'll tell you the backstory behind this, Mickey. He was uh, he was on his working holiday in Cork and he was out spending a few quid of his well-earned uh, you know, money. And he reckons that for every euro you spend, you're creating 100 jobs. For every euro you spend? Mm, yeah. Wait, so, we, that's, so, we spent, so we spent three euro? He's... No, he spent three hundred euro. For every euro you spend, you create a hundred jobs. So yeah, okay, yeah. So he's creating three hundred jobs. You, do you, that right? So yeah, that would be three euro he spent. Okay, do it the other way yeah. around, and he so must be. Jobs. He spent three hundred quid. It must be yeah. So one euro, for one job. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. That's yeah. What it is. So yeah, so he created. So he spent three hundred euro in one night in Cork. Fair play to him. Mm. He's been on to us as well, and he's uh, he's kindly told us that We Are Mead is not a sport is a sports page, not an advertising page. <laughs> Our page on Instagram, on, yeah, on Instagram. So I think it's in reference to when we give PR coin a shout out or Jelly a shout out for his new venture. I think that's what he's probably getting at. Yeah, he's just, is he annoyed that we're not giving him enough um, traction on it? He's getting plenty. Right. Um, extra Time Sports is next in, and he said that if we had Menton and Jones from the start of the league, we'd be looking at promotion. It's, not, it's, it's a fair, fair um, point to make. And, you know, Division 2 is very unforgiving, and we were depleted all year. Now, not taking away from any of the players that went in and, and played at any stage but you need to have a full panel you need to have your strongest panel um for division two it's 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 an unforgiving division it really is it's very 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 tough and uh yeah that's that's a it's a big statement but 
I believe it too. We definitely would have. I think we would have beaten down and um, awfully, awfully comfortably. And I think we would have been in more in the game against Roscommon as well. So yeah, yeah, we could be, we could be sitting on nine or ten points um, if the two lads were there. Yeah, Shane Riley said Joey Wallace making the difference. Great to see McGill back. Yeah, look, great to see the lad, the uh, McGill back, and, and and Joey Wallace come on and obviously, you know, made made a huge contribution. Yeah, he got a mark, a great mark as well. He added it just a little bit of something into that forward line, which probably was misfiring on the day. To be fair, uh, Rob Perfield also says great to see McGill back. All roads lead to Croker again, yet again. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like you know, and we we have the monkey off the back, and that, um, we we don't have to worry about uh, relegation on the last day of the league or anything like that. We've assured of, we're assured of our place in Division Two. The team can now start to concentrate on Championship. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Next in is the 2020 PRO of the Year, Susan Farrell, proving why she was awarded the PRO of the Year, because she said a hard choice to pick club duty over county trip today, but two wins makes it all good. Yeah, yeah, look, that, that, she's just GA, Matt, um, and she, she just, she loves our county and she loves our club, so mm. she does. Lauren Gorman said positive play, but unfortunate result for the hurlers. Yeah, look, um, very unfortunate, and, and and the last thing we wanted to uh, look, they have been on the verge for the last number of years. They've always been fighting relegation at the end of the season. So would would it be a thing that like they went they go down the division and get their confidence back by going and like winning it and winning it well? But like it won't be easy either. So. No, it's, it's, I suppose it's catch-22. Like, you want to be playing the better teams. And if we're to stay yeah. in Joe McDonough, if you're playing an inferior team in the league, and then it's yeah. a massive step-up come championship. But you, we'll just have to wait and see what happens in a few weeks' time. Um, John Kelly's in with a lengthy one. I might... Uh, no, I'll, I'll read them all out together and we can dissect it then. He said, me, they're unbeaten in four games. First time we've done this since 2019. Yeah. Season winning is a habit. Beat Derry... Uh, Sets up leash for Leinster semi-final versus vulnerable dubs or hyped up Kildare, Mead waiting in the long grass. County board need to bring in Porrick Cribben into the coaching system after managing Nace to the Hogan Cup. Cribben is proud Mead man and only second Mead manager after O'Rourke to manage a Hogan Cup winning team. He says, just to clarify my point about Grib, Cribben, sorry, <laughs> Cribben, uh, should be manager or management team of the Mead under 15 or under 17 in the future. He also coached Nace to two senior county titles. Yeah, um, yeah where do we start? Four unbeaten, I suppose, um, and it is a great run. Um, and you have to take the positives from that. Um, Leash, obviously. Uh, next up in the championship, not in the in the league. We we, we do have that final game against Derry, so me can start maybe making plans and making putting things in place for for or, or putting a certain uh, uh, team tactics or whatever ready, for putting them together for leash. Um, they won't take anybody for granted, and I suppose over the next few weeks, if if we can just get that cohesion that we're talking about in the forward line, um, and if they click. You know, it really could be a good, a good championship for me. Then, as he as he says there as well, Dublin or Kildare waiting need waiting in the long grass for either of them, Davy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's we're probably still at the stage though that we we do need to take it probably one game at a time. Kildare are obviously doing extremely well in Division One, and I mean, from a you'd probably like to see them meeting in the semi final and again us sort of going under the radar through yeah. to a Leinster final if it did come like that. But we'll, who would we'll just prefer, have to, who would you prefer to play at the moment? 
if you ask me to, if you, well, I don't know anymore. I think I think the Dubs have got two good wins now. I think they'll beat Monaghan now this weekend, and suddenly they're probably staying up with three wins in their last three games. Kildare, you know, have been good consistently sort of throughout the league. I wouldn't like facing any of them in the morning. I'll be honest with you, but if we're to get them on a one-off game in a Leinster final rank underdogs, I wouldn't mind it as much to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And his final point about Port Griffin. Yeah, I mean, like, Jesus, we'd always like to, to have fellas like that involved at our underage setups, to be honest, which the recruitment of management teams have been very good over the last number of years. But he's obviously a fella that has incredible pedigree with, with Nace, with the two seniors, and then winning the Hogan Cup as well. I mean, it's, a, it's an astonishing achievement. And he clearly has a knack of kind of working with young players. So I, I think that the county board probably could do a lot worse than getting them involved at some in some capacity, but we'll wait and see on that one. Um, Joe McQueen, he's next in, and he said that James O'Hare with a cracking debut. <laughs> oh, that's that that's that's um, that's tough. That's uh, do you want to give the backstory to that, Davy? I, I look what I wasn't listening to it, but I know that a lot of people for one reason or another couldn't make the, the journey tennis and I don't think the game was being streamed. So naturally people listened into the radio and I think Brendan Cummins had mistaken uh, James O'Hare for Conor McGill and uh, a lot of people thought that James O'Hare was getting his first game for me than having an absolute stormer at full back in it. But it became apparent at halftime that Brendan realised that it wasn't actually James O'Hare. It was Conor McGill that was playing. Um, can't really say they look too alike. You know, one is a big sort of blondie uh, figure and the other one's a, a smaller red-haired fella from Rakenny. But, it, you know, it, it can be difficult sometimes. You know yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, come here. I, 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 in, in my few years of commentating, I have named the wrong players. But, um, you know, you'd always have a fella beside you who'd let you know. So maybe... Whoever was even the the, the even the um, the supporters would let you know so they would so maybe the supporters that were sitting near to uh, Brendan um, didn't even let him know which yeah look at look at it, it those things happen. Louise Clinton Daly said the ref in Navan could only see one team for the majority of the game. I'm not sure is that in reference to the Camogie on Saturday or the Hurlers on Sunday, but maybe 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 both. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe we'll get more on that and, and come back to it because um, we're not sure if it was the hurlers or the Camogues. Um, Camogues who obviously took that beating to uh, Cork and, and, and the Mead hurlers who were beaten by Carlo. May Fahey said that the Mead ladies came alive in the second half against Mayo into the final. Yeah, um, I was uh, listening to this as well on Saturday and um, look, they were in it in the first half as well and they missed a couple, coughed up a couple of chances as well and they were playing against a stiff breeze and you kind of just felt at half time that they were going to come out and blow yeah. uh, Mayo away and they did that and uh, yeah, phenomenal story. Connor Black said the minor loss to Longford. Yeah, it's a disappointing one now, that one for Derek O'Brien and the lads. Um, did you hear anything about this yourself, Davy? I know I was following it on Twitter and I don't think Mead were in, definitely in the final stages. I don't think they ever got ahead in the final stages. They, they actually did, Mickey. Did they, they did get ahead just before injury time, I think 10 points to nine. And they were playing with an extra man at the time. Longford had a black card, but they just couldn't see the game out. I think trail by, was it five or six at half time? I haven't yeah. played against the Breeze in the second half. Of course, that goal Longford got was crucial. Keen Commons did get a goal for Mead in the second half to spark the revival. I suppose the plus side of this is, OK, it's a first out and naturally away from home. But the three teams do go through from the group. Kildare did a job against Offaly in the other game. So you'd think that... If push came to shove, you know, you should be beaten awfully. But, it, you know, me, they're up against it now and they need to come out and show something in the last two games. Yeah, and and, 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 and there would be high hopes of the, for this team. Like, they've been uh, very good over the last number of years in the um, Jerry Riley tournament and stuff like that. Um, and there would be big hopes for them. They did, of course, that they are following in the boots of two um uh, Leinster winning minor teams and one All Ireland winning minor teams, so the pressure is probably on them a little bit. But no doubting that they've that they've got great quality, and hopefully they'll go on and get the two wins they need in the last two games. Yeah, absolutely. Next one is in is from Colin McAreevy, and he said, "Looking like a Mead Monaghan game next year in the National League." 
Yeah, Colin being a Monaghan man would be. Uh, well, he, I don't think he'd be too happy about uh, playing <laughs> no. Monaghan because it mean obviously Mead won't be promoted, but uh, Monaghan could surely be relegated. A draw in that Monaghan Dublin game would see them both relegated. So it would. Um, which would be interesting. That'd be both. nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be nice to see both Monaghan <laughs> and Dublin relegated to Division Two. Um, and, and of course, the likelihood is Louth are going to come up with from Division Three as well. So, like Division Two from a me perspective could be really spicy next year. Yeah, yeah, you, you'll have plenty of um, local derbies. Let's just say. Uh, James Trainer said, "I'm chuckling, proving you wrong again." I, I. I'll, I'll have to correct him, Mickey. I actually did pick Dunchaplin. I don't know, did you pick Manalby well, last week? But Davey, that's that's an interesting one because you didn't pick Dunchaplin against Dunsany in Division oh, 2. Oh, yes. Yes, I, I did forget I, about that. Apologies. I picked I picked Dunchaplin against Dunsany in Division 2B because I said there'd be big bragging rights around the Dunchaplin. So, so I know we'll talk about that in the Loyal Rails, but that's some win, by the way, uh, for Dunchaplin second string. Yeah, huge. Yeah, um, you did pick, pick Chocolate's first team over Manalvi. We both did. I, I forgot that I went complete to Ashburn last week and picked them in both games. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, we'll come, we'll come back to that uh, in due course. <laughs> uh, next one is from Johnny Foster, and he says, Rory Buchanan, more dangerous in the palace than on the pitch. <laughs> and he's pretty dangerous on the pitch as well so he is but maybe not not last week was he maybe no i don't week. i don't know yeah he must have done well in the palace though in fairness so you know full right. full marks then um lucky to be working says extra time sport loves the hams sure ex Kerry man did all the hard work i suppose that's in reference to jack o'connor's uh, venture to Kildare in the last number of years no nah, i see i see i see so he's just getting a dig in at the Kildare boys once again Mm. Colin Doherty uh, reckon he says our screen being slept on this year are they being what I, I had to clarify this as well he I think he he meant to say like he, what he means by it is are they going under the radar personally I I don't think they are I think they their early season form is mightily impressive and they're going to be if they continue in this vein come championship we'll be we'll be sort of picking them out as dark horses for the championship but yeah it is still very early days to be fair it really is, and uh, you know they've had a brilliant, brilliant start. But look, a team like that can take that momentum and and really use it. And and the management team, David Byrne and whatever, he'll he'll play on that as well, without a doubt. Um, yeah, they've been going really well. We don't have a result for them from the, from the weekend against Rotope. We don't think that game went ahead. No. Uh, ben Farrell says that Brendan Cummins reckoned Mead only needed three more points to close the game out after ten minutes played. We, I think um, we were three. We were three nil up after uh, ten minutes, so maybe he thought. And to be fair, if Claire kept going with their score and average in the first twenty minutes, he was right. Yeah, uh, but they did. They improved remarkably uh, after that, and thankfully, me did hit more than three points after the first three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can see what he's saying that if we got into a six-point lead, um, uh, with and Mead would be playing with the wind in the second half that it would have been made life an awful lot more difficult for Clare Do you know what I didn't want to give him the limelight of being the last one but I actually felt that he had to with this one this week uh, PS Tapes Mickey and uh, he wants to know who wears the short tyre Mickey B or Vicky Wall <laughs> So I've done a poll <laughs> you have any idea which way this is going to go it's not the first poll that you've done um, <laughs> um, stop trying to divert I'm just yeah completely um, go on um, I'm going to say I'm going to say I won it I think I wear them higher than Vicky does was yeah, it Vicky yeah. or was it Mickey <laughs> it was it was Mickey unfortunately <laughs> Um 144 votes for you. That's 53% of the vote. 128 for Vicky. That's 47%. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And, and I think Jelly, Jelly was also in touch when, when he did, seen did this you, as well. Did you get a picture or something? Oh, um, I don't want a picture. Um, no, but how did you do the poll? Did you did you not have a picture of both of us wearing? I wouldn't do that to the to the We Are Me, the public. Our numbers would drop significantly, Mickey, if I put up a picture of you and the, the way in which you use to wear your shorts Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, Jelly just says you'd want to hear Brennan in the dressing room about his shorts 
<laughs> what <laughs> tell us. I have absolutely no idea what jelly is all about there. Um, <laughs> well, I always, uh, I always liked to have the jersey tucked in. It was, I was more of a socks man anyway. I always. It was there, no, but the shorts were incredibly high. You know, come on. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm. Uh, there, there might be a bit of a Simon Cowell about me. I don't know. Maybe I've got just got long, long hips or something, and you have to pull them up a little bit more. I don't know. I didn't realize that. Um, well, everybody well, else did. Well, you don't want them down around your knees because you can't run if they're down around your knees. The higher up, the there's a happy, the there's a happy medium though. Come on, <laughs> two of the greats, Vicky and Mickey. Two of the greats uh, for wearing the shorts, Mickey and Vicky. Um, yeah, we might have to uh, go to one of the ladies' games, and I'll have to put on a pair of shorts and go out at half time, and and we can uh, turn around, and face the crowd, and see who. Uh, it is actually that wears them the, the higher. So um, that was an interesting one. I'm glad you didn't tell me about that or set me up for that. Like, um, ah, this, this and we're going to have to do something about this Instagram because you always hold the hold the good ones like that. To yeah, to be fair, that was way down, and I actually I remember to come back to it. So no, I'm never aware of what you're going to do with the with the Instagram interactive. Well, look, um, I think, think that's it, Davy. Is it? There's no more Instagram. Thankfully not. Oh. As you said, we'll be doing a full um, review of Mead versus Claire um, over on our Loyal Royals podcast with interviews with Andy McAtee and Gavin McGowan. And we'll also be doing a full review of the All-County Football League giving you our results from our predictions for all of the games um, throughout uh, last weekend's All-County Football League. Look, that's it for this episode. Remember, we are Mead. Why? Why?